Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favourite film critic, Nico Duro, the silver screen dude! Hey screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Luro. Okay guys, okay, so here we are again. Once We still celebrate, do you know what? I, I've realised that the new definition is International Women's Month. They, they've taken it away from the day. The 8th is still that day, but uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for it. And like in the UK, it's Mother's Day, but there wasn't enough for us to go out there and do a Mother's Day special. And no, prison wasn't the link to mothers at all before anyone gets the idea, but we're just putting, we're just, we're just putting out the, you know, the vibes of Happy Mother's Day. It's not linked. This is more in relation to Nico. Uh, Escape. <laughs> Why we've chosen our topic. <laughs> oh, it's, it's... <laughs> you me. I like, I've got you. I've got you. Yeah, you threw me like mother's prison and this is all no, about no, no. the um, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're there, we're there. I'm just saying our topic is because Amazon Prime have recently released Escape from Pretoria, hence why. It's been a while, hasn't it? Fuck me, we used to always do a top ten around what was coming out in cinema. My God, we, it's been a while since we've done we a top used 10 to, um, yeah. movie release. We actually used to open up our, our, our Cineworld app and just check the calendar to see what's coming soon. Okay, on this date, that's coming out. Let's do a, whether it be a profile episode or something in line with what the film concept is about. And it's been like a year plus. So I, I remember when we were a bit lost behind it, we're like, well, there's no films coming out. Like, how are we going to do this? And you had your fil- your book of films and we died, like, and we went through topics that way. Like, we randomly like, oh, this will be a good yeah. one. And coincidentally, throughout this whole pandemic madness, we've been in a world where we've somehow made it work each week without using our, our, our original formula. And yes, here we are now. <laughs> it feels weird to be able to say, in line with a film coming out. It's like, oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how we used to do it. That's so season two. (laughs) (laughs) So season two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here we are. are. It's actually quite nice. Not going to lie. It is, it is. It is, you know, like, don't get me wrong, we've still got some stuff in the catalogue, guys, like, we, we're still using our creative flows, but now it's just nice to have uh, someone, like, lean that way. That's why we love February, like, it's it's good to be able to interact and go on a commonality as opposed to oh those two chose that this week that's weird and I hope that when we have done that it's opened your 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 eyes and ears to like new genres and new films but yeah like we we like to talk common ground we do we do um, did you did you have a chance to watch Escape from Pretoria I now because of the slight turnaround there was actually a few less films and bear in mind guys that the um, might as well get it off the, the, the list now. Shawshank isn't on the list. So then I was like, ooh, a few other films I need to squeeze in. And by the time we decided that, or realised that Escape from Pretoria, that I haven't actually had a chance to watch it because I wanted to act, again, by our normal rule, when that film is the one being honoured, it doesn't get featured in the film. Hence, I hadn't got a chance to watch it. It's, it's very good. Um, it's... Um... It lacked a villain. That okay. Was, that was the main thing. Despite the it's fact the that... The spotlight crime. 
I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. It was very much like that. That's a great analogy, actually. It's very much a la spotlight where there is an overarching evil here. In this case, it's apartheid within South Africa. But what the actual characters are going through, there's no immediate direct villain to them. You could argue that the Meneers, you know, the prison guards are brutally hard, but I've, I've seen much worse in other movies as far as nasty prison guards are concerned. You know, these ones are they're rough, but there's, you know, there's not a, a single point in the movie where it's like, whoa, this guy's a real dick. It's just like, nah, he's, he's a hard-ass prison guard. He's a, he's, he's a dick by proxy, but he hasn't done anything that's like... Mm-hmm, wow. mm-hmm. Um, the escape itself is, is really good. And it's mad that it's a true story. Because there was some of this where I was like, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can, can I be real? Can I be real? Like, some of my films that have actually... We know it. I'm a realist, you know? Like, biopics, all of those stuff that highlight history always seem to uh, grab me. It, it grabs me, which is weird, because I was Mr. Superhero. Like, frick it, I'm wearing a Justice League t-shirt as we speak. Like, it's weird that there's one side of me that is so... I will believe in the X-Men and Superman and that, you know, it's its own universe to me. But on the other side now, that I, since I discovered that passion, like it grabs me in. And But getting to the point of what I was saying is you, you see some of these films and you're like, flip me, no. No, that didn't happen. How did that happen? Really? <laughs> it, it's mad, but yeah, reality is in there and it's mad to see what some of these guys have gone through, you know? It is. It is. Um, just going back to one thing you said, because we gla- glazed over it much too quickly. Yes, the Shawshank Redemption is not on this top ten. So there's a very simple reason. There's two very simple reasons for that. One, it's a standout, obvious winner, and we'd like to go. So think of this as the top ten prison movies, excluding the Shawshank Redemption. And furthermore, there's a little thing called the Rushmore at the end, which gets put out onto Twitter for all of you, the movie fans, to vote on. Shawshank Redemption is vetoed as fuck on Twitter. Because if you put that movie on, it always wins. Talking of Twitter, can we just take a, a, a moment to celebrate um, this? Uh, no, I'm going to ask you, is it our highest or is it still the second highest second retweet highest. and attraction? It's, it's the, our second highest retweet game came out from this one. So thank you to all that um, were involved. But also we, we, we celebrate because this is what we do. The, the, these two geeks who celebrate the smallest of moments. We woke up one morning to recognize that B had received a response from Stephen the Knight. Nico, for those unfamiliar, exactly. Yeah, please. For those unfamiliar with... Creator Stephen of Daredevil, the next indeed, indeed, indeed. But I mean, it, it goes deeper than that, you know. Um, well, have you? Bear with me a second. Because the list was so vast. Pacific Rim, if you're interested. Yes, Uprising. Yeah, Pacific Rim, Uprising. Um, Spartacus, the TV series, he's involved in. He's been involved in Buffy, Angel. Like, this, this is all kinds of cool out here, you know? Like, this, this is well, the... No, what else? Jupiter's no, Legacy, not that I've heard of that one. Smallville. He's been involved in some stuff, so... He's for a our geek. geek card? Yeah. Our, our geek well, card was definitely... I know that. <laughs> That's the one, sir. We, 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 we celebrate. Fucking... So we put the tweet out, what's the best prison movie excluding the Shawshank Redemption? Fucking the official Escape from Pretoria page got back to us. Just put... Yes! 
<laughs> I was like, that's awesome too. <laughs> and I said to them, I'm like, ah, welcome. <laughs> and anyway, I, said, I said to them, it's actually because of your movie that we're doing this, um, this tweet and this week- weekend's upcoming podcast. And they actually came back to that again and went, you've just made our week. It's like, hey, fucking hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so this is all kinds of awesome. And yeah, it, it, it's one of those moments we celebrate in, in, in our seasons and episodes that, you know, again, guys, the, the reception is real. We, 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 we love it. And the fact that people who love to talk film are being recognized by those making the films all kinds of awesome but essentially we are film fans and we respect this interaction with our film fans as well so as much as we celebrate those we do respect every retweet every response every like to every social media post that we put out there that you guys respond to so thank you for that but i would also like to add that given that we had nearly 400 replies on this particular tweet we will not be reading them all out it's too long. So, so I, I mean, the only other thing I have to ask because there was a deal that was being made prior. The deal is still the deal has not been broken. If that's what you're wondering, ah, not, not even close. Not even close, by the way. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. The thing the, that the deal that, will be revealed. The the thing that took that spot was my number six. Funnily enough, I was like, really. Mad love for that film, okay. There's one film that's meant to be like a classic in the world of prison films that I didn't get to see, and I'm pretty pissed off with myself for not having seen it. Just Might I'm just didn't permit it. Might be number yeah. six. Is your favourite cowboy in it? <laughs> the cowboy is in it. Okay, I'm pissed off I haven't seen it. I really was. Very yeah. good. Very good. Okay. I actually started it this morning and it just, I looked at the time and I'm like, you're not going to finish this. <laughs> that was it. I just had to leave it. Okay. Cool. Oh, hang on. Fuck. It could be one of two movies. <laughs> are, we, are we talking Clint Eastwood or are we talking um, Paul Newman? Paul Newman. Okay, right. No, Cool Hand Luke. Sadly, I've seen it only the once. It hasn't made the list. And that okay. enough, got brought up a fuck ton in the Twitter. Oh, man. That's not the one I'm uh, referencing. That's second or third most mentioned, though. It has been brought up to fuck. Cool Hand Luke is great. Absolutely great. My only, the only reason that I haven't included it is because I've only seen it the once, and it's not fresh enough in my memory to be able to discuss ad nauseum. I hear you. I hear you. I, it honestly, it, it's it there. Honestly, it was there. It's on my, it, was, it was on this morning. I'm like, there's not enough time to watch it. And I just gave up. Yes, Paul Newman is definitely my favourite cowboy. He's fucking awesome. I'm aware of this. I'm aware of this. I'm aware of this. Right, so we've, we've, we've done our bit for a bit. Nico, can you please, for those listening for the first time, tell them what the movie Mount Rushmore is all about, please, sir. Yes. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. Irrespective of what podcast platform you are listening to us on, it would be also appreciated where possible if you could leave us a positive rating or review. And if you could please, guys, share the love with other movie fans that you have in your life. If there's people out there who you talk movies with, let them know about the podcast. They may get a kick out of it, too. But how does the movie Matt Rushmore actually work? 
AJ and I each assign ourselves a topic, we go our separate ways, and we come back right here into the recording and deliver to you, the Silver Screen Dudes, our individual top tens. This week, I will go first, delivering my bottom three. AJ will then deliver his bottom three. I will deliver my next two. AJ will deliver his next two. And then we will trade one apiece. If at any time, while we are running off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say... Punt! And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have both rounded off our individual top 10 lists, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre, which this week is... Top 10 prison movies. Excluding the Shawshank Redemption. Excluding the Shawshank Redemption. Have to, there has to be a very strong caveat to that. Okay, so you're number 10. My number 10, starring Ewan McGregor and one of our favourite actors of all time, Mr. Jim Carrey. I love you, Philip Morris. Bro, do you know what? I watched it and I was like, ages ago, and I was like, hold on. He's in prison a lot. And then I was like, it shows so much of the life. And I was so stu- It was on my list enough. And I was like, does he spend enough time in prison? But because I was catching up on newer films, I didn't actually go back to watch it. But yeah, awesome film. It really is. And the thing that I loved is that these are obviously, you know, two... Uh, <laughs> Two very, very different actors. And they're both kind of playing roles that you wouldn't expect of them. They were, you know, especially Jim Carrey. This is very against the grain for him. And it's so believable, their romance and their story of coming together and falling apart. Because essentially, all Ewan McGregor wants is for them to be together. But it's never enough for Jim Carrey, is it? He's always got to do that one other scam. He's always got to do that one deceitful thing. All in the interest of love and, you know, fucking having a better to life. To give someone the world, essentially, isn't it? That's all he wants to do. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a tale as old as time. It's wanting to give someone the world, irrespective of the cost, but that other someone doesn't want the world, they just want that person. It's <laughs> tale as old as time, but... It, yeah, it really is. The, the prison sections are quite brilliant, you know, the way they get moved to separate wards, and then because of the fact that he's a bit of fraudster, Carrie manages to get moved back to the same ward, and he indeed <laughs> into the same cell. I know, I know. It's fucking great. It's honestly all, all kinds it's of awesome. such yeah. a load of fun, that movie, and their relationship, I cannot emphasize this enough, it is so believable. And their chemistry is quite wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice film. You know, like the the, the 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 sacrifice and all of it. it, it it's it's cool. It's really awesome. I, I I had a lot of fun with this film when I watched it. Again, I was late to the party. I remember you watched it, recommended it, and gave it a shot. And I was like really taken away by it. And again, true story. So of course, I I, I, I <laughs> it's gonna get, take that extra lenience for me. But no, nah, great true shot. story with great Jim shot. Carrey. Very much AJ's wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Ticks a few boxes. Just a few. Really uh, okay, my number nine. This is a movie I know for a fact we both adore. I, I have a feeling you may have forgotten it and you're going to kick yourself. It is This one goes back a long way for us. We used to watch this back when we were at school, I believe. So this is an oldie from, from pre-silver screen years. Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, life. Punt, 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 punt. Oh, he's remembered it. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I, do you know what? I forgot it at one point. And then something came up and I was like, oh, God, how can I forget that? Like, how did I forget that? Life, of course. Nothing else talks about prison. Like, yeah, life definitely highlights prison. Yeah. Big. Time. Okay. So, that yeah, that, that's a punt on my end. And next. 
My number eight is a ah, little bit of a reach, which is why, considering the quality of the movie, I've put it down quite low. But it is technically a prison. Um, old boy. I was torn. You see, now, ah, can I tell you another thing that? Wait. Do you know another film that nearly came into my list? I don't know if I should say it just in case it comes to you. I'll leave it until the end. But I was torn with it because I'm like, well, it is. It's not your essential characteristic. It's not a legalized institution, but he's still imprisoned. So, like, you can play with it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's it. It's not your stereotypical prison, but it is beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is imprisoned. He's essentially imprisoned for a very, very, very long time. It's not a stereotypical prison, but he is confined to a room, not allowed to leave, fed meals like you would in a prison. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the, a lot of is obviously not in his actual imprisonment itself. It plays such a small part to, to the overall Is, is that the only one that's made your list like that? Because um, something's just come into my head and I'm like, uh, uh. Yeah, that, that would have been worth me too. Yes, that's Brie the Larson. only one. Brie Larson, Jacob Tremblay. I was talking with Room. <laughs> yeah, it's not on my list. It's not on my list. I just thought, oh, yeah. When you break it down, it, it's worthy. But yeah. I was very, very much toying with Room. Um, yeah, man. While we're on this subject, is Russell Crowe on your list? Is Russell Crowe on my list? No, no. The fact that you have to stop and hesitate tells me the one uh, I'm thinking no. about. Gladiator nearly came into my list as well. Yay! As Argument to be made for it, most definitely. Yeah, I, I, I stopped. I hesitated. I was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a strong, strong argument to be made. Yeah. That was... Old Boy and Gladiator were two films. I'm like, well, it's not your traditional prison, but yes. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I get it. Old Boy is most definitely worthy. Goodbye. Old Boy, we've spoken about so many times on podcast. And as I said, it's a bit of a cheat, bit of a reach, given that it's such a small part takes place in a prison. But his imprisonment is, is literally the driving force behind the movie. And just for the record, we're not talking Josh Brolin. No, hell no. <laughs> mad love for Josh Brolin and mad love for Spike Lee, but hell no. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's just want to put it out there. We are talking the, the foreign original behind that, which is a, a sight for sore eyes, literally. Unbelievable film. Literally. Um, right, mate, over to you. Your number 10. Okay, right. My number 10 is a UK film starring Joe Cole, and it's not the one you're thinking. This is Offender. I don't know if you've heard or seen it. No, I haven't seen it, this one. It's, it's, it's a very interesting one because... The, the, the time Joe Cole makes your list, I hope. No, 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 no. No. Um, it's really weird because when I looked at it, I'm like, this guy does... Pre-. Like, I, to be fair, I remember hearing the name and Joe Cole was stuck out because you would have more heart for it than I do, being the Chelsea football player that he was. And I'm like... Joe Cole's acting, and I was like, that's not Joe Cole. That, I haven't watched Joe Peaky Cole. Blinders. <laughs> but it is, but it isn't kind of thing. And I've not watched Peaky Blinders, so I, I've heard of him, but not really seen much of him, you know? Mm. And so I've watched this film, and this one's very much your very amateur British movie. And, mm. and 
you've got a lot of the underground grime artists that were in there. English Frank is in there. Who I have to say wound me the hell up. He's the villain, so that was fine. Another one is G Fresh that's in there. Um, I, there's this other guy I know. He was in Small Acts. I can't remember his name. Black guy. But anyway, he was a great actor in it. And essentially, the story is about Joe Cole going into a... I, I, I would call it prison, but I, I, sometimes I get a hint that it's meant to be young offenders institution. The whole story behind it, behind him being in prison, is you see him in there, and he's scoping out a few guys, and you're trying to figure out what he's in there for. Story turns out that he's put himself in prison. We never he says GBH, but we never see the crime or figure it out. It turns out that his partner is a correction, not corrections officer, parole officer. And in the time that this happens, this is around the time of the Tottenham riot. Scorcher, the rapper or grime artist, whichever way you want to look at, he's a guy who turns up late, and she has a go at him, and he smacks her. At the same time, English Frank and his boys, three guys, have not only committed a crime by robbing a jewellery store, they also shot the jewellery store owner. And she sees them looking at a watch, which was reported as missing in the, in the, um, on the news. So at the time that they realise who she is, they're all in the same prison. But what's happened is, as she was heading home, she felt uncomfortable. Someone's beat her up and made her lose her unborn baby. Oh, God. No, I didn't to hear that. Apologies. <laughs> so yeah with that he's now put himself in the prison to exact revenge on these guys so at first when i was first watching it i was like the acting isn't the best this is not what i, was like, I don't know if i'm gonna enjoy this film once i realized the the mission behind it and he's aimed for revenge it was actually quite an enjoyable film that i was like okay this is there you know and one to wave the flags for the brits out there so offenders it's, it's worth a watch it's not the best acting. I warn you off the bat. It is not the best acting. It can't be that bad. <laughs> yes, it also has English Frank. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no hate to English Frank. Like it, it just is what it is. Right. In at number nine, I don't know if this is going to be a punt. Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Papillon. Do you know I haven't seen Papillon? That's my fucking shame. It drives me crazy. Papillon was on the tweet, brought up a fuck time. <sighs> Bro, it's one of those things, and there's a remake that's out there now that I haven't watched. I had, I knew, when you take Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman, you have to honour these greats, right? And this is the film. Uh, and that's the one that was recommended to me. Like, oh, if you're looking for a prison film, check this out. Mm. There's something about the older cinema where you could just tell that it's in studio so it doesn't the, the grittiness behind some of the stuff doesn't hit you as deep as you want it to in later films but the, the, the whole story is about um, prisoners from France being shipped out to French Guiana I, I would have said Guyana but even the way it's spelled I'm going to go with Guiana fair enough and so you've got um, Steve McQueen who is Papillon he's actually got a tattoo of a Papillon <laughs> of a butterfly on his chest and hence the name he's got and He's been framed for murder. So he hasn't actually committed the crime, but he's now being exiled to French Guiana. And you've also got Dustin Hoffman, who was a master fraudster. So he's got a lot of money and a lot of people recognize who he is. So you start off in France and they're on the boat. And that's where the friendship is built, that Steve McQueen is planning to escape this island. <laughs> Funny that, Steve McQueen trying to put an escape from a prison. But um, what then comes up is he... <laughs> isn't it just and what then comes up is he befriends Dustin Hoffman's character um, 
uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. But Dustin Hoffman's character essentially has the money to pay a lot of people off. But Dustin Hoffman initially doesn't want to leave. He's like, I'll help you just for my protection to get to this island. Once I'm there, I can buy my way through, you know, into an easier life in prison. And that whole, so the whole story is them working together, getting to the island. Essentially, from this main island that they land on, there are three smaller islands that you just don't want to be shipped off onto. You just don't want to be shipped off to one of those islands. Dustin Hoffman's money allows them to stay on the initial island where it's lighter work and stuff like that. There is a rule on this island that they live in. If you try to escape once, two years solitary confinement. If you try a second time, five years solitary confinement. Try it a third time, the guillotine. <laughs> right? So you don't really, like, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth trying to leave this island. However, he, he right. still tries his best. He, he, you know, he tries his best. The first time he, he, they, he, he, he robs another prisoner, but you know those prisoners who work with the, the law kind of thing. And yeah. he, he tries to bribe the guy and he's like, so how much for me to, and funny enough, they're catching butterflies and he's like, how much to get this butterfly? You know, he exposes his chest to Cuba. He pays the guy. The guy sets him up. He spends two years in solitary. Now, this is where the film really catches you. And I, I, I wish I saw the, sort of le- the newer version behind it because you see the mental torture he goes through. You know, he's being fed soup and what have you. And Dustin Hoffman's actually paid for him to get extra food or what have you in solitary. The police, the, the, the guards find out about it. They torture him even more. They half his rations. He's now forced to eat the bugs in the cell. You know, that's how bad it's got to him. And you can see the mental level that's got to him. He never exposes Dustin Hoffman. Okay, spoiler. He comes out after the two years. Then he plots the second time and he actually leaves the island. You see him on this whole journey trying to just get somewhere and ultimately gets caught again. Then the five years inside takes place. It, it, it's really hard hitting. It's, it's like two and a half hours long. It's a very long film, which I wasn't ready for as well. I was like, it's a lot to take in. There was some points, even at a point, I don't know if this is my stupidity. I was wondering... Is he actually hallucinating? Did this happen? Did it not? But this whole journey comes in. And then, you know, that happens. And the story continues. But it it has these scenes of the plot behind trying to make an escape. Then will he try a third time knowing that a third time could lead to the guillotine? That's another thing to consider now with this film. Will he try a third time? And if he does try to, will he be successful? Like, all of these years of playing up. But it was a really good... It's a good film. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. I, like, again, my dad was the one who recommended it. I got back to it. Like, good film, but shit me, is it long? Like, don't get me wrong. You've got three-hour films out there that you can enjoy. It's a lot to take in, but it's a good film. And, you know, Steve McQueen is a star. And you, you have to rate him in this. And film. water is wet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Steve McQueen is a star. Truer words were never said. <laughs> Super Mario is a plumber. No shit. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, one to watch. One to watch. As I said, there is a later version. I think they're both out on the the original is available on Prime. The other one is available on Amazon, but you have to pay for it. Up to now, I don't know if I want to pay my, the fee of admission to see if it's worth seeing. In at number eight. Hello? It's available? Yeah, it's there. It's actually on Prime. Yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah, yeah, sorry, throw for a sec there. But yeah, it's, it's on Prime. Oh, it is there too. 
Okay, sweet. I know what I'm watching tonight. There you go. There you go. Right, in at number eight, Laura Biden Citizen. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. I should have fucking made a bet with someone that you were going to bring this up. This movie smells of AJ. You can smell the Jordan on this. <laughs> Fox and Gerard Butler. And of course this came up. Yes, it's fun. It's, it's fun. A, I've never seen it before. I kind of hesitated at putting it in. And I'll be honest, because I was like, well... Gerard Butler, right? <laughs> he was Leonidas, and for that, I always give him a pass. But mm. no, just in general, I was like, well... Shit. I really, I'm aware of this as well. But as I said, he has the Leonidas pass. <laughs> he has the Leonidas pass. I, I was... Again, you know, sometimes when you wonder of how much actual prison, again, go back to like your old boy and stuff. Okay, old boy is a matter of the prison, but it's like how much actual time is in prison. But the concept behind the film, and I won't do a spoiler because that kind of get a spoiler to me, which kind of yeah, yeah. killed the film for me. You yeah. know? But essentially, it's the story of a man who's very well, he's done well for himself, and he's during the opening scene, see us watching this family life and someone two guys breaking into his house and raping and murdering his wife and daughter Lovely. which is enough to tip anyone off the edge and essentially the film continues and we find out that these guys aren't actually going to go down for murder because there's not enough evidence and jamie fox is he's yeah is the prosecutor who's like just just accept the deal like don't push any further because if we push further there's a chance that these guys can go scot-free so just take this and essentially, Gerald Butler's character says, but no, 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 There's, we need justice for this. It can't just stop there. These guys are guilty. How dare you tell me to just accept this? And essentially what then happens is a, a series of events that lead to murders of all those involved in this, whether it be the criminals, whether it be the justice system behind it, which he believes failed him. Is he responsible? Well, we're led to, because when the first, no, second person got murdered in this situation, the one who committed the most heinous of crimes, all evidence points towards him. It was in a warehouse that he owns. It's using, it, it, he, he's admitted that he would love to have killed the person. He, he, all the points lean there, but he said, these are stuff, okay, but in that warehouse that is mine, but is abandoned. Drug dealers are there all the time. This guy has been affiliated to drug dealers all the time. How do we know that that's not a deal that's gone wrong? Would I want to have killed him? Yes, I've admitted that. But who said I've actually killed him? I've never admitted that. So he's now held in prison with all of this, but we can't. he can't be sentenced to it. And people are now dying around the, um, all those involved in being killed. But if he's in prison, how did he do it? So they're like, he's got another person working for him. Does he or doesn't he? These are the questions to be followed out. I, I had a lot of fun with this film. It, for, for a first time viewing, it was, it was cool. I had not seen it before prison. It didn't even come up. It's more of what happens outside of the prison than what happens in the prison. That's why I was a bit torn about putting it in. But yeah, good. it was good. I, I remember the twist being like, oh, snap. I actually didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. I'll be honest. It's funny you mentioned the Leonidas pass. Because I actually watched Law Abiding Citizen shortly after I saw 300. So I was still on the <laughs> Gerard Butler hype train. So I get it. I get it. But usually if I'm associated with a project now, I'll be like, and make a left turn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's 300, the director's cut. Like, there's nothing more for him to do. It doesn't really work, by the way. 
Yeah, I get it. Funny because it was Zack Schneider who directed 300. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And in four days, we celebrate the release of another Snyder Cut. Oh, we celebrate, mate. Yeah. Let's listen. Listen, we're going to watch it, so we're celebrating it. We, we await it. Yeah, there's no in between. We, we, we kick this off with our geekdom. Yeah, we, I, listen, I, up to this day, I always say it, the villain remains the same, the ending remains the same. There's not much you can do to sell it by filling in two hours worth of footage. I, 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 it, it doesn't make much sense to me, but I, I get it. And am I waiting for it? Yeah. In, in a time where there's not much else to look forward to, I await the Snyder Cut. I don't deny that. There's just the absolute unabashed past that he's getting. And that the world is like, oh, Zack Schneider, the savior. We're like, are you high? So by proxy, that means that you're putting the the, the 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 failure of the Justice League, you're putting that on Joss Whedon's shoulders. Sorry, have you not been around for the last 10 years? Like, but even then, like, Joss Whedon is probably second only to Kevin Feige when it comes to geek cred. He gave us the Avengers. Are you high thinking that Whedon's the one who is responsible for the Justice League being bad? Come on. This is it. I, and I, I, I love it. But, you know, it's like, okay, it might fill in certain gaps. And, for instance, you, you are a strong advocate to say, watch the extended version of Batman vs. Superman. But oh, yeah. you, still, you still can't save. Like, put it in this way. What you're going to show me is an awesome film with a fluffed ending. Because the ending still wasn't great, no matter which way you look at it. It's unless you're going to tell, unless. And I, I mean, this is going to be the weirdest unless ever. There was a whole barrage of enemies that were meant to come out after. So the, the actual film stops where, you know, that's only halfway. Then the other two hours of what he intended. Uh, bro, I, I'm, I'm going to drop the D-bomb here. Unless fucking Darkseid appears. And I know he's going to be featured in it. But unless he all of a sudden does it like he's the main villain, you're still left with Steppenwolf being bitched at the end. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though. You 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 get what I'm getting at, right? It it, it just doesn't it doesn't weigh. Like no matter what miracle we we want, it it can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen. This is just a silver screen reality check, people. <laughs> That's all it is. Listen, am I expecting it to be better? Yes, sure, because I'm a geek, and you're going to give me a, a you know literally a hundred percent more time of good geeky stuff, right? But I'm also an unabashed <laughs> accuser of that Justice League movie. It was dog shit. It was. It was a pile now, of crap. It and I wanted so it. I, I said, I'm in a Justice League t-shirt. I wanted it to work. We all did. Who wants a comic book movie <laughs> to be bad nowadays? Like, we got bullied for this shit because we were the geeky guys, right? I mean, me more than you, because people didn't fuck with you back in the day. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But uh, the real dog is that uh, all I want is for all comic book movies to be amazing. This was so bad. Yeah. This this felt like this felt like pre Spider Man, you know, <laughs> uh, pre Tobey Maguire Spider Man comic book movies when it was all bad. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was it was a shocker at how bad, how backwards it had actually gone. It, it, it honestly, well, as you said, like, yeah, pre Maguire Spider Man, it, 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 but in this way, it was pre Batman bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking on the levels, dare I say, Fantastic Four, yeah, Nick Fury starring oh. the Hoth, oh god, the Punisher, 
Yeah, maybe not that. <laughs> Featuring Lundgren. Like, we're talking that. Howard the Duck. <laughs> it's terrible. And people are like, how it, can you say that with the Justice League involved? It's like, it was shit. It was legit Only terrible. thing. The only... I mean, I kind of laughed at Aquaman sitting on the rope, but the only thing that gave me any hope, and I even hated his reincarnation, was that moment when Flash was running and Superman exactly was just watching that. It. I was going to say the same thing. That is the only <laughs> moment that made me go, that's cool. Yeah. Aside from that, nah. Nah. Superman turns around while Flash is in full motion and gives him a look like, he goes full on fucking Sauron on him. I see. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. That was the one. That was the one. Apart from that, so if you're going to give me more cool moments, yeah, but you're not going to give me a cool film. I, it, it, it's not possible. I, 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 I'm sorry. I stand by you can it. Polish a turd. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly that. Right. <laughs> oh my God, Zack Schneider's back. Who's going to make this movie great? No, 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 no. Let me rewind the clock two years. Everyone was saying that Zack Schneider was the reason that DC comic book movies have failed because despite the fact that you and me love man of steel people hated it despite the fact that i'll defend the director's cut people hated batman versus superman i don't believe there's any defenders of justice league out there (laughs) other than little zany who at the time was much younger than he is now and what's the commonality between all of these not universe because you'll defend batman man of steel there are defenders of steel out there. A commonality between all of these three movies? Zack Schneider. So the, <laughs> if you rewind the clock two years, the outcry of anger towards this man was next level. But now he's gone through a two-year hiatus. It's like, oh my God, Zack Schneider, the savior. Shut the fuck up, you fickle <laughs> motherfucker. This is just not possible. It's not possible. Anyway, before we just make this torches that were calling for him to be hung, drawn, and quartered two years ago, and I'm like, Zack Schneider, the Silver! Like, shut up! Shut the fuck up. I hope the movie's great, alright? But don't give me this whole, who's amazing now? It's like, you hated him two years ago. Thank you. And this this is it. This, This is just the way it is. This is life. Okay, you're number seven, sir. My number seven, uh, let's keep it British. Let's go with Rupert Friend, Ben Mendelsohn, and Jack O'Connell in Starred Up. Now, the ring rings a bell. I didn't even know it was prison-related. It, it rings a bell. Starred Up. I've seen it. Starred Up's really good. So, Jack O'Connell. Mm-hmm. A, um, but basically, I need to explain what the term startup means. Startup means is when you're in the older age range of the juvenile detention centers and you're so okay. that you get upgraded to the main prison. And that's what startup is. That's what being startup is. is, is that's what the meaning is. So sure. When you get startup, you're a badass little kid, basically, right? Now, what happens here is you've got Jack O'Connell, you've got startup. The opening is literally him being upgraded to the nasty prison. And they are nasty in this prison. <laughs> Fuck me. Everything from, you know, dressing you down, down to your down to your nothings, down to your full Monty's and kicking the living shit out of you. Giving you cavity searches, not because they believe you have anything on you, but just for the sake of messing with you, that sort of thing. Now, unfortunately, this prison, this prison that Jack O'Connell ends up in also happens to be the prison frequented by his father, played by Ben Mendelssohn. And now what's fascinating is while both oh, of them remain estranged, shit. 
and both of them remain very violent. They also, Rupert Friend plays the prison therapist. So they're also trying to do therapy along with other people. And the violence is something else in this film. Um, we're not talking natural born killers level of violence, but it's, it's, it's got it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's got its moments where you're like, fuck me, this is this feels a bit too real for me. <laughs> like, Do you have any other one with um British um detention centers um youth offenders at all? I don't believe so, no. No. I'm gonna put it out there. I haven't found it myself yet, but apparently there's a very, a very early Roy Winston film called Scum, which is meant to be quite hard hitting as well. In terms Scum. of British. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like so Winston. Gonna... I think he's criminally overlooked. Yeah, yeah. Not those bet three six five commercials. <laughs> Man was real. This is also Come true. On, what's happening? Yeah, this is true. This is true. Okay, no, this sounds good. But you know, you as you mentioned that, it reminded me of a film I said I was going to put on the list, and I completely forgot. Go. I, I, hopefully, you got it. I, have you got Mr. Lewis, your favorite, act, the greatest actor of all time, in your eyes? Is he on your list? I just had in the name of the father come into my head when you were talking about father and son oh, in the prison. I was like, oh, shit. I feel like such a twat. I feel like such a twat. Fuck. Now my list is made. I can't sacrifice. The I don't. Day. I don't even want to. I don't even want to touch my list to be honest. Especially, I mean, yeah, obviously, offender could have been moved off, but I feel like such a twat now. <sighs> Fine, like moving on. on. Yeah, moving on. on. Stupid. Um, but yeah, Startup is... Startup. That actually sounds interesting. I feel like I could give that one a shot. Startup's really good. My problem with it is my problem with a lot of independent films is that it feels very... Un- the ending is very unsatisfactory because it just kind of ends. There's no, there's no definitive, here's the ending of the story. When the camera turns off, there's still a lot of story to be told. Like the story of these, of this man and of these people continues... And that's kind of what indie films are sometimes guilty of. It's like they just want to capture the moment to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't tell a complete A to Z story. Um, Some people like that. I personally never have. And there's some, you know, I I call them, I call them wanky arty farties. They're they're like, oh, but that's what life is like. It's just a series of moments, and we're privileged to be have the window open to just a few of them. And it's like, yes, great. Cinema's there to entertain me. Sometimes educate me. And it's there to tell a story. The story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. This is just the middle. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because sometimes I. It's weird because Papillon done like an extra. I actually thought they were going to freeze at a point, kind of like your Butch Cassidy and kind of like your Family Louise, where you could eventually tell what's going to happen. I thought they were going to end there, but it actually told you the rest of the story. So sometimes I get that kind of unanswered question ending, but I know there's another side that you mean where it's like. There's the unanswered question, and there's the so many questions. Like, how dare you end it there? I, I know exactly what you mean. Questions. It's just a, it's a matter of there's no ending here. I get you. The story just abruptly stops. It's like but the story's not finished. But that's I'll give it a shot, though. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. On my tits, the film is damn good. Cool. I like that. My number six, the movie that was brought up more than. Any film on that tweet we put up, this came up again and again and again and again. The love for this movie is mad. One person even went as far as to tweet this answer and said, this is my pick, including Shawshank. I was like, oh, snap, right. (laughs) (laughs) Mad love for this film. Clint Eastwood, Escape from Alcatraz. 
Ah, you forgot it, or you haven't seen it, or what? No, here we go. Yeah, this is the truth. That when we talked about prison, that was the first film that I said I want to watch, and I found all the others on your normal sites, and I didn't get a chance to watch that one. Feel like a twat because that was the first film on my list. So good. I was like, that's the film I want to watch. So damn good. So Clint Eastwood plays a convict who is, as the title suggests, is sent to Alcatraz. Now, what this movie does, which is such a fucking resounding success, is that it's purposefully a slow burn, but it never feels slow. It's just you get to savor and really appreciate all the moments that happen in this prison, from the relationships he builds with the people around him, to, you know, starting fights in the canteen, to the eventual escape. And what the movie does, which is true to reality, is that it's kind of a spoiler, but, you know, you never really know if he does or doesn't get off the island. It leaves it open-ended, specifically because the actual story is open-ended. He goes missing, but they never know whether he's been escaped or whether he drowned or whether he died. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun story, Alcatraz, that was tactically built because not only are the tides around Alcatraz vicious, full of great white sharks. (laughs) Cool. Cool. I... San Francisco Bay. Bad fucking idea. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I, I'm really upset because that was so, um, like, I, there are certain things that you think of, and when you think of prisons, there is that prison. Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? So it was very much on my list of things to see, and I'm actually really annoyed with myself because, because of something else on the list that obviously relates to thinking about that bloody prison. So I'm actually really pissed off. Escape from Alcatraz is great. Over to you, cool. sir. You're number seven. Well, talking of Alcatraz, Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, The Rock. Now, <laughs> <laughs> love that film. Do, do you is see, do you see where the first on your movie on, on your list? No, no. So no Conair. Uh. I listen. I, I actually said it. I, I had it there. And I wrote to my brother, do you think I should have this one? And I'm like, it's not a prison. I'm like, well, it's about the prisoners and it's it transit from one to the other. It's a floating yeah. prison. No matter what way you yeah. look at it, it is a prison for that current time. Conair was on the list. It was officially on the list. And I really wanted to honor Anya because I know this is her all time favorite film. Like, I was like, Conair needs to be there. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And it's but you so know what? Fun, but to call that your favorite film of all time is like, no. Do you know no. what? And I'm not ever going to profess to know Anya as well as you do. That would be ridiculously stupid. But, like, I, I, it just doesn't, it, like, don't get me wrong. She ticks the boxes. Like, she will watch Star Wars. She will come along to watch all the MCU movies. I, sure. it, but there's and still a part does. of me that's just still, exactly. She loves them. Like, this is it. I, I, I love it. She was on the freaking Star Wars podcast. Like, it shows the depth of it all. But there's still a part of me that always goes, I don't see Conair being your film. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this tick box. So she just goes, I, 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 I don't, I'm not opposed to it, but I just, really? <laughs> Every time it comes up, I'm like, really? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's cool. It's all kinds of cool to hear it. But I, each time I'm like, it just, you know, earlier we were talking about like synergies. That's a synergy. I guess never think like. But now, legitimately, I can't hear the words "conair" without thinking of Anya. <laughs> it's, 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 it is what it is. It, it is what it Whenever is. Whenever someone but... says "conair," it's like okay. You and I miss you. Absolutely, been an argument for Conair, but let's focus on your movie. Here. Yeah, no, the Rock. I mean, the Rock. What I liked about the Rock, especially when I, I, I we, we had this. I mean, 
<laughs> this is one of the few times that you could actually agree with Michael Bay and his explosion. But more to the point, what I liked about Conair, um, The Rock, sorry, being this prison movie was when most people talk about trying to get out of a prison or their hard times in a prison, this one was getting someone to go into the prison. Like, the inescapable is also the unpenetrable if you wanted to. And this is where you have the character of the recently departed Sean Connery. And the... Bro, as I'm almost talking here, I'm like, Sean's gone. I I didn't even think of it when I put it on the list. It's only now I'm like, hold on, we've lost Mr. Connery. Like, damn. Damn, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's even sunk into me now saying it. But there was something in the way that it works of having him being... And this is the role he was really good at. You know, you also take that film with um, Catherine Cita-Jones. I can't remember which one it was. Was it Entrapment? Not Entrapment, but he was that old, knowledgeable crook. He plays it well. Yeah, that was Entrapment, by the way, since we were just talking about Conair, look who's here. I know, I I, I saw the shadow. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I was just singing your praises. I'm not going to tell you how I am, because it's not great. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) It's for the greater good. (laughs) It's for the greater good, put it that way. Discussing whether Conair should be on the top ten prison movies of all time or not. I would actually say no, because it doesn't have any much to do with prison as a building, and as we know, buildings. But, how- <laughs> but it's a floating prison. It's a well, floating prison. In that case, you should put the what's this movie about the drug addiction? Um, there, there are many. The one with, with three people. Or, uh, Requiem for a dream. Yeah, that's a prison of mind. If you want to go metaphorical, Ooh. so I think you better. Stay. No, no. For instance, old boy. It's not your stereotypical prison. Okay, prison but they're imprisoned on a plane, hun. This is your. But thought. this is it. You plane for. Hold on, hold on. They're in prison hold cells. On. They're locked down. Wow. There are prisoners. Wow. There are prison guards. No, Connor's biggest defender. Connor's biggest defender doesn't want it as wow. a prison film. I, I, I mean, I get it. I, 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 again, it was something I questioned. I I, 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 yeah, for out of all defenders, and this just forever stirs the pot of my confusion with <laughs> the situation. But there we go. But yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so shout out to Anya who celebrates Connor, but doesn't see it as a floating prison. But um, yeah, back to the Rock, which is a very established prison to be in Alcatraz. Um, yeah, Sean Connery is that wise old escapee. You know, you know, here, you just a minute ago, you talked about Clint Eastwood being questioned of, did he actually escape? Here, we're talking about the one who, by storyline, did escape. It's the one confirmed person who was able to escape Alcatraz. And now he has to get in there because, as you know, as per Michael Bay films, it is full of terrorists who are planning to explode a lot of shit. So we need someone to get us in there to be able to stop it all. Um, Nick Cage is Stella as the scientist who's very uncomfortable with... I, I really like his character in this one because he's he's the brains, not the action, but he's forced to do certain bits. When I always think of The Rock, I always think of that part where the leg is moving and Sean Connery is ever so cool about it. Like, that happens. And Nicholas Cage is like, why is his leg moving? <laughs> What's going on? Like, that, that, that jittery uncomfortability behind it always puts a smile on my face. But no, The Rock is... That I, I I've always had great fun with The Rock. It, it is, and it's not just Cage and Connery, although they are they're obviously the front runners. It's front and center, yeah. 
you know, it's got Ed Harris, you've got Tony Todd, who's the candy man, Eric Stoltz, you know, who's been in things like Anaconda and who's the drug drug um, dealer from Pulp Fiction. It's got stars in there. It's, yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I just worked on the poster, which had those two on the front. But <laughs> it, has, it has a lot. It has a lot. And yeah, a great And it's got one of the pick. best fucking lines, like, in cheesy action movies ever. I'll do my best. Your best. Losers talk about doing their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> so good. <laughs> You've got to miss the 90s. You've got to miss the 90s, don't you? Oh, you so just good. have to. You That's just fun. have to miss it. You have to miss it. Right. Um, in at number six is the one that we, the only punt that we've had so far, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, Life. So good. So good. <laughs> The, 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 the comedy of again two wrongly convicted men who are serving their sentence. They might see and the amount of twists and turns that come in that just extend this sentence that they've got into that. And and it's it's weird as well that it shows you the changing of times through a prison through the scope yeah. of a prison. How that you know it, it it's funny that you see certain things, but you also have such a great laugh with it at the time. I, they they. They deliver. I I always say it. Martin Lawrence is the he's the side man. I, it, it's no offense. Like don't I, I don't want to see Big Mama's house, right? I want to see Bad Boys. I want to see Life. I saw a bit of it. I, I it, it didn't do it to me. It's not the Nutty Professor. Yeah, no, it's it, no, that it is. Do, not. do you get what I'm saying? This this body shit, this body transformation kind of thing, and this this part now you know. In this age, we'd call it body shaming if you want to. But, you know, it, it wasn't so much of that. He was just playing an older grandmother, if you will. It just didn't do anything for me. And essentially, don't get me wrong, even Blue Streak, where I had fun with, he's never... Bro, I, I, I had fun with it, but we are also talking two sideman characters as your forefronts. Like, let's be honest. They are... <laughs> that, that one's the exception for me on Martin Lawrence. Everything else, when he's the co-star, it works. I don't want to know about Black Knight. I don't want to know about all this stuff because you're never that guy. And here again, he proves being the co-star, as much as he is lead, a co-lead, Eddie Murphy is still that bigger star. You can't deny it. So he's the sideman, just like Bad Boys. And that's his, that's his wheelhouse. I, I'm sorry, it is. And that's where he excels and it works. And that life was just that, that journey of two men through a period of time. Even though they got life, which is meant to be 25 years, this thing goes way beyond that for one wrong conviction, one failed escape. It, it, it's all great. and the, the, the comedy behind it is golden. But the way their relationship sort of falls apart as they grow older and the way that by circumstance, you know, they end up working as older men, you know, for the white man yeah. and all that. And the fact that, you know, you do get that satisfactory justice being served at the end. Because these guys ultimately yeah. are wrongly convicted. That's This is it, yeah. This is it. This is it. Yeah, no, it's a great one. It, it, it's just weird. It is, isn't it? It, it? Okay, spoiler that the film's ancient. You do have that smile on your face when they're out. Even though they're as, don't want to be rude, old as dirt, you're still like, well, they've done it, you know? So, yeah, no, yeah, I love that. You know, even when they're in the um, baseball stadium at the end, yeah. everyone's doing Mexican wave, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's the part I was remember. You now. just have that. Bring me hot now. <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah. Take your freedom, guys. You fucking earned it. God Almighty. That's the one. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right, you're number five. My number five. I, I've mentioned this to you. I hope to God you got time to see it and that it's on your list. Um, 
true story. It's uh, in your wheelhouse. Midnight oh, punt, Express. Punt, punt, punt. Good. Midnight Express. Yeah, very that's, good. A punt. that's a punt. Yeah. In at number five is... Four of my four of my top five are all true stories, weirdly. One, two... So, one, two, three, four. Yeah, likewise. Oh, I think we understand likewise. something here, AJ. We met, well... So yeah, screen, yeah. Dudes, prepare for the punt-a-thon. It, it may well be there, because I'm guessing this is going to be a punt for you. Tom Hardy? Unless it's yeah. your number four. It's my number Bronson. four. Okay, so we can talk about it. <laughs> there we are. Uh, this is the movie I, that I was... I always try to not pat myself on the back too hard for the risk of breaking my own arm here. But I'm... I, I give myself credit for not for the world, obviously, but in my inner circle, amongst my friends and amongst my family, I knew about Tom Hardy before the rest of the world knew about Tom Hardy. I respect that. I okay. said to everyone, and it's crazy to say that now, given the fucking star that he is, but I remembered him when he had 10 minutes in Layer Cake, when he was in this little indie movie called Bronson, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who nobody fucking had heard of, and no one knew who Nicholas Winding Refn was yet. I remember seeing him as, you know, the gay side character in Rock and Roller, and recognizing him then. I was like, this is the same motherfucker from there. He's really good. Look out for this guy. Everyone was still talking about Gerard Butler and Mark Strong there. Where are they now? (laughs) I said, look out for this motherfucker. And I think you give me credit for it. And my mum also remembers saying, look out for Tom Hardy. He's going to be a megastar. And so I, I've, I've got a very kind of, <laughs> it's, a, it's almost like he's my pet. I have some sort of misappropriation <laughs> with Tom Hardy. He's like, you're, mine, you're, mine. You're, you're, you're his virtual agent because you, yeah, <laughs> you were selling mine. him to the world. <laughs> Bro, before. If yeah. he's the one ring, I'm Gollum. This is my precious. <laughs> Bronson's a mad one for me because I always remember seeing the poster for Bronson. Like everywhere I passed, it was there, and I had no idea what the hell this was about. Like no idea. Um, I just remember like it's a film, and I'm like, but where is it? It wasn't actually like DVD. It wasn't actually in the. It was like it's very select cinema. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of advertising going for this, but there's not anywhere to really see where this is. Um, and that was that. And it was only coincidentally, and it's one of those things you totally forget about. It's when we done our profile episode on Tom Hardy, and it came up. I was like, oh, I remember the poster for this. Right. And then right. you go into this mad world. That is the mad, mad, mad mind of Charlie Brown. Serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Hardy portrays it so well, you know, this Charles Bronson mania. It's just, it's it's unsettling. It's actually unsettling. It's the way that he's, he's nuts and will break you apart a minute but he has this affinity for art and this 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 warm side that you know he you know he wants to be a performer and everything but he's completely nuts i mean just the, the, the i i always remember this part where he kidnaps the way he takes hostage of the prison guard and just owns him and they're trying to it, it, it it's just unbalanced yeah. And even the way the film's portrayed, where he's like on stage and telling the story and coming that's, in that's and out, I think uh, he's at his absolute best. 
when he's going profile to profile, it's so fucking good. It's nuts. He's a, he's a force of nature in this film, Tom Hardy. He really is. Uh, yeah. Come on, you can't. Now, now, now. We've got that do we, Charlie? Yeah, I can't. I mean, it. Wow. He's next level. And I love you know? that you really see this journey of his go, where it's, you know, from prison to mental asylum to home to back to prison to bare knuckle brawling. Like, then you actually read up on Charlie Bronson and you're like, this movie's kind of accurate. Holy yeah. shit. And this is the mad thing behind it. And it's, it, what, what gets to me with it is that I, how can I say, it? I look at it. And I remember watching the film, and I'm like, this is nuts. And it's so nuts. It's not that you're not enjoying it, but you're like, what is going... Like, you're not lost, but you're like, this is crazy. The film ended for me. I don't know if you've read it the same. And I was like, is it... Well, no, I actually enjoyed that, but my God, this is crazy. Like, it, it, it's not your... You can't pinpoint it to be like... How can I say it? It is great acting, but it's nuts cr- good acting. That you're like, you know, it's not to be like... I don't know. We're putting um, it in the same... I put... Yeah. In the same ballpark as I would put Ledger's Joker or Day Lewis's Daniel Plainview, and there will be blood. It's that level of nuts. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's untamed madness, and yeah, he, he feral credit. Yeah, credit to Tom Hardy for it. Great film, great. Film. Your number five. That so, was my number four. What's your number four? Do, 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 do. My number three. <laughs> I mean, here we go. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned it earlier, who would have figured Steve McQueen trying to escape a prison? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And that's what I kept thinking each time I'm watching Papillon. I'm like, hmm. I've seen this. Like, <laughs> Virgil Hills. Yeah, yeah. This is it. This is it. Um, I will give you, if I'm not mistaken, is this not the film that you said was your grandmother's, great-grandmother's favourite? It is indeed, yeah. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. It would be an injustice for me to talk it. It's, yeah, it's a true story of uh, one of the most daring prison escapes in history. Anya quite cynically, but unfortunately quite correctly, says this film is misnamed because there's nothing great about this escape. It basically all does go wrong. Looking at it cynically, this is kind of true. Kind of true. But, but, but hold on, hold on, right? Great, great can mean good, but great is also in, in, in form of number. And the number of people that attempted, it's that in the form of yeah, great, the I would read. that attempted versus the number of people that actually escaped. No, 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 but yeah, I get it. I get it. But it, 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 I, I, at first, I always saw it as the great in the same way that you're reading it. And then I, I done it down to quantity of that a number of people attempted to escape. Because, yeah, essentially, there, it can't be a great escape any other way. Yeah. Because yeah. It, the numbers are, yeah. It was impressive. Yes, it was impressive that they tried to take 250 people out of a prisoner of war camp. And what's so funny is that I don't quite, I still question the history on this, even though it, it is what it is. It's like, what part of the Reich intelligence thought it would be a good fucking idea to put every single escape artist into one prison? That's always the part where I'm like, yeah, with the Germans just. Because you can usually rely on the Germans to be methodical about doing things correctly, they're a pain in the ass for most part. When they, we have to do it this way and only this way because that is the correct way, right? And I'm speaking from experience. I've worked with these motherfuckers for many years. I love them. They get shit done. But my God, the price of getting shit done is you have to be very, very regimented in the way you do things, right? So given that this is embedded in the nation of Germany, still to this day, I would add, what the 
fuck happened here? Who thought this was a good idea to put every artist <laughs> as you said this, in one as you, as you said this, and I have to like, I'm just off the dome thinking. I wonder if this prison camp was essentially their Alcatraz, their Camp X Ray. They say it. Do you get what I'm saying? It, yeah. So it's, it's, it's in the sense of that they, they, they had to. There will be no escaping from this camp. You will commit to doing things. In po- no, they went full on Alcatraz with it. And but this is what I'm saying. So by that nature, they just, they just look at a prison and think it's like, really? <laughs> I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. But it must have been like, all right, let's see. Like we know to keep an extra eye on these guys. I, to me, it's the only way it can work. But also that, that you would have to factor in the fact that too many great minds could actually lead. I mean, essentially they still won, but like, yeah, when I say one loosely one, you know, we don't celebrate the mass murders, but that, that could be their thing. It was, you know, we've got this, <laughs> we've got this. They, they shan't escape. No matter how great all of them are together, we are greater. It's the only thing that comes into my mind. Yeah. And yeah. it does take its time. Everything from this singing to cover up the banging from, you know, the gardening the, uh, uh, to, to cover up the dirt that they were taking, the way they get the dirt from underground into the yard where it didn't mix clearly. It's just every... It, it, it's like a, someone's taken apart a car engine or a clock and you're seeing every single piece fit together and how the whole dynamism of the escape engine works. It's fucking great to watch. And oh, yeah. every person plays their role, you know? Ironically, Steve McQueen is kind of the odd one out because he, he helps and, you know, he's happy to, you know, do the escape with them, but he's still very much a lone wolf. He's very much like, well, I'm, I'm doing my own thing here, you know, and to the degree where they have to have the conversation, which is just, if you couldn't try and escape on this day, that would be really <laughs> great. That would be really helpful. But his reaction is stuff of legend when he's like, how many you think can taken out? 250. 250? You ought to be locked up. And you too, 250 guys just walking down the road. Some by road, some by plane, some by public transport. You're nuts. You're certified. <laughs> the reaction is... You know what? It's so crazy that I've only just thought of this now, right? And But we have to pay... It needs to mention, and I know this isn't on your list, because if this is in your top two essentially where we're at this would be all kinds you of crazy you know what my top two are I know but a big shout out to um, big shout out to Chicken Run which was the uh, the claymation version of oh, The Great I Escape I fucking told you that I remembered it and I was like that was all kinds of awesome like Chicken Run was all kinds of crazy awesome like yeah so <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you for putting it in it just can't be this high up that's all it's um th- we all talk Steve McQueen, but you know there was there was it was an all star cast for the sixties. Oh yeah, for sure, oh, for sure. Fucking James Garner, James Coburn, um, Attenborough, well, Charles Bronson, Richard Attenborough, Donald Pleasance, who plays Blofeld and who's in Halloween. You know, it's an all star cast. McQueen is obviously the shining star because he's one of the coolest men who have ever lived. Man's so fucking right there behind me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Steve, what up, man? Right there. <laughs> yeah, but, did, you know, he's one of the coolest men to have ever walked the planet, but it's an all star cast. And the fact that it's a true to life ultimately does actually. And the movie wants to shine light on the fact that, you know what? We celebrate this escape. A lot of fucking bad happened. Yeah, 
Yeah, and yeah. You cannot ignore the fact that this was a war crime. They flat out murdered 50 people, unarmed, unable to defend themselves. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't yeah. do that yeah. to a prisoner. He's not allowed. It's a war crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Indeed. And that was my that was my four, your three. My three. So I imagine I know what your three is. Go. Turkish prison. No. Your favourite. Your number one, probably. I, 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 bro, you know my beef with this film. And it will never... What film? What's what your number three? The Green Mark. Yeah, park that noise. That's a pun. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Okay. So your number... Where are we at now? Have we got your three? It's your turn. Uh, now, right? My three was The Great Escape. So my two, A Prayer Before Dawn. Which is a punt. Okay. It's all, it's all in, in acts now. So yeah, my number two... Well, yeah, my number two is Midnight Express. So good, isn't it? Oh mate, it it it's harrowing. It's 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 too much, man. Like, How it, fucking tense is that opening scene where he's trying to smuggle the hash out? Do you know what it is as well? It's the heartbeat. It doesn't need any oh. other noise. And what I love, I mean, <laughs> screw it. Spoiler: beginning and end of that film has that same heartbeat, and it it works. You don't oh. actually need anything else. But and it, it's there, like it. Ah, oh, you just feel it. And it, it's the moments of escape. You think you're escaping, then there's more police. And it, you just feel it, like, no! No, now, for anyone who doesn't know um, Midnight Express, and no, it's not the NWA tag team, it's an uh, actual <laughs> film. Um, it's the true story as well of a man leaving Istanbul with hashish wrapped around his stomach and in his boots. And Stupid, he, dumb, dumb. All kinds of crazy, all kinds of crazy. And, you know, he, he, he passes the initial step of security. This is what we're talking about. You can so see he's all, nervous all. as hell. He does this at a time where Turkey has just doubled down on its drug, on its drug uh, charges. <laughs> That's the thing, Bro, your next levels of dumb. I appreciate it. Do, 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 take fucking drugs out of that country at a certain time. They double down on their laws. Now is the time to stop. It was it was all kinds of like mad, but it's that point that you know he's 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 lining up to get to security. You can see he's I don't want to say built for the game. It sounds stupid to say that, but there are people who have successfully got past. But you can see he's not built for the game by the sweat. The way he runs into the bathroom, he's he's washing his face. He goes there, he gets stopped, he gets searched, and he feels like okay, I've got past it. Jumps on the shuttle bus that takes you to the plane. Oh, that bus! That fucking shuttle bus scene nearly. Bro, you talk about the tension in films like fucking Inglorious Bastards. Honestly, I don't think Inglorious has got shit on Midnight Express. That tension just was there when they're being all frisked on the way up to the fucking plane. As an opening, as an opening, yes. If you're going to ask me for an airport tension scene, I think the winner still stands as Fargo. But this this one is... Not Fargo, Argo, sorry. Argo. <laughs> I was going to say that. Argo. I don't know where the F came into it. Yeah, no, Argo. That that to me just edges on the on tension. Hey, just Argo, edges. F yourself. Hey, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, but um, yeah. Ah, oh, this one was without bringing it back home into this one. That was all kinds of tense, and then it's the it's the. Do you know what also 
I mean, there's TV shows about it now called like Banged Up Abroad, and we will be touching on it again later on. It's that uncomfortability when the police are roughing you the fuck up and you have no clue what they're saying to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, 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 that that's what hits. Can I ask a question now? And I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to get fined. For, well, no, I don't say if I'm going to get fined for it. Was there subtitles in this film when a lot of this Turkish goes on? Because I had to look for this film. Okay, so I, I, I saw it in its natural state where it's I was. Done, it's done purposefully. It's purposefully. I know, I know. And I think it's a magic. Much like yeah. your number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it's there. This tension throughout. Now, again, what... Do you know where this film really got to me? And we're talking the true story. I mean, first of all, he was freaking lucky. As much as he has whatever contention he has against his lawyer, that the fact that they had him on for possession, not for smuggling, is a blessing. Because that is not a possession amount that you had on you, my friend. Right? So he gets away with that. And, I mean, in this prison, it's all kinds of gritty and disgusting. The fact that... You know, a shiv isn't actually banned. You're physically allowed to stab someone as long as it's below the waist. It, it, it's insane. Yeah. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah, like, what goes on? But the part that really got to me is when they, they, the, the Turkish wanted to make a point out of it when he had just 52 days left. And based on their war with Nixon, they've extended it. And I believe it becomes a smuggling charge. And that actor, I can't remember his name, and I know he's passed now. But that delivery scene of pain of I had 52 days left and this is what you guys are doing to me I mean it, 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 do you know what hurts me with this film is that you sympathise but in the same breath as you said with stupid at the beginning it's like bro like you you, you made this choice you know <laughs> like you know it, that's what tears me apart with this film it's like one side I'm like I feel your pain I feel it trust me I do but in the same breath it wasn't it wasn't that they caught you with a roll up and you're being charged you know like you you had quantity you had quantity but this opens up you know this isn't highlighted in the film but it does open up such a bigger fucking discussion between us about this first off shows that it doesn't matter how much possession you had it's hashish we're not even talking heroin or coke here it's hash motherfuckers yeah. use it to get stupid in their living room to watch cartoons and eat cereal right that's what hash does to you. Sure, you smoke sure. it, you eat Lucky Charms, right? So for yeah, me, this, irrespective this of amount and irrespective of the fact that, yeah, the, but the bigger picture is you're going to make financial profit off of something that is essentially illegal. Yes, right, fine. That, look at that prison <laughs> and tell me that merits. It, it, it but doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't, but doesn't not merit you do the crime, you do the time, and where you are, this is the thing. This is the, the, the whole thing. Much like my number one, you're right? Certain places have certain you, you you need to know no matter what it is you're doing, is it worth being caught on that side? It's all good if you made it to London or you made it to New York and you're dealing with and I I always say this lightly by saying scrubs or rikers, but it's not the prison you see in this film. Did you get what I'm saying? Like but it it it, it was the relationships built in this, the, the the experiences, there's so much to be appreciated in, in this film. And uh, again, this one was, you know, like how you could laugh at the extension of time. In, you, you feel it in sympathy for them in life, but you laugh. Oh, God, here we go. The film continues. This one, when you hear the extension, your heart drops. You know, you, it, it, it hits home what it means to hear of an extended prison sentence. It, yeah, this film, yeah, it, 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 it touches the right notes. It definitely hits the right notes. It does. Um, 
as well as opening up the que- the question of are prisons the right solution? I mean, it in hindsight now, especially in the twenty first century, I'm still on this bandwagon of just legalize drugs, please, just nationalize them and legalize them, charge tax on them, give them as doses. I don't care. People should have the right to consume what they want. You cannot tell me in a world where you tax things like alcohol, tobacco, and sugar that all of a sudden marijuana is criminal. No. Do you know my thing? Do you know my thing? And this is one thing I say, right? The industry would actually drop because everyone's like, oh, it just means the government make the money instead of the burn on the road. No, 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 no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, it would. But let's take this one, right? I, I, I say this lightly. A lot of stuff happened, and I will talk about cigarettes when I say this. I find a lot of people went for cigarettes because of, and I say it to anyone I know who smoked. I was like, what age did you start? None of them will ever tell me I started at 18 or 16, whatever your legal age is. I don't know. They all started at about 14, as a form to try and be cool and to be rebellious. Some have put it down, some didn't. And I find the same will happen with drugs in the sense that, yes, there will still be a profit margin, but once it's legal and it's not as rebellious and it's not as cool to be that rebel you will see that it 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 balances itself out now i i understand that if there's something out there that impairs your your senses and you then it leads you to commit a crime i'm not down for that you know i i I don't know any drugs behind it i'm not going to claim i know it i'm not going to claim that i'm not that versed in it if it impacts on someone else's safety leave me out i don't want to know about it but But in the same way this is why, because if you remove the illegalization behind it, all of a sudden the crime that's revolving around drugs has no reason to be anymore. Why well, this is it. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying, that, yeah, as long as it doesn't mentally impact you, yeah, fucking pharmacy, yeah. This is it. This is it. That you know, it's the same way you don't drink and drive, don't snort and drive. I get it. Like if that rule comes in, yeah. It's not so much about the the want of I want their ability to get high legally. It's nothing to do with that. It's the removal of the crime of which is the middleman. Yeah, this is this is it. This is what I'm saying. And not to mention the fucking danger of the way these drugs are being cut. Yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard some stories. If it's pharmaceutically regulated, they're not going to be putting. Drain cleaner and rat poison, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what you're consuming, so there's an added element of safety to it as well. I mean, for me, it's it's nuts that we're still in the 21st century having this fucking debate. It's, it's insane to me that drugs are still going through their prohibition. Because that's all it is. Same as alcohol, it's just prohibition. Yeah. No, no, I, no, no I get it. Out, the government haven't figured out how to legally put it forward and make it taxably viable yet that's this is the only reason there's okay if you've watched 13th there's also a very very strong race related (laughs) argument and likewise to me is fucking nuts that we're still living in a world where drugs are being kept illegal for the sake of putting more brothers behind bars it's like are you kidding really it's wrong it's wrong it's all kinds of wrong and if you disagree with that riddle me this why do cocaine and crack have a different sentence time? Think about it. Yeah. Why yeah. man drug? That, 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 that says a lot. That says a lot. And when you take down the composition, the chemical composition behind it. 
yeah, we're not going to do a fucking 20-year sentence for cocaine. That's a white man's drug. Yeah, you get a slap on the wrist if you're a first-time offender in a few years if, you know, you're a second-time offender. If, big if, you have a certain amount. Oh, you've got a little vial of crack with you? Mmm, motherfucker, that's 10 years. It's like, ah, right, okay. And it's not like crack is more associated with black people and cocaine is more associated with white people. If you disagree, it's just because you don't know. That's just the fact. Um, yeah. Yeah, riddle me that. Why are, the, why are the sentences on inherently the same fucking drug? Just one is presented in a form of smoke, it, well, in which you smoke. One is presented in a form which you would breathe in through your nose. It's the same fucking drug. Yeah. Same yeah. drug. It's cocaine. Cocaina. Yayo, Charlie, the white powder. Peruvian archie powder. To quote Robin Williams. Impersonating a Native American, cocaine is our gift to the white man. You take our land, we give you monkey for your back. <laughs> this is also very true. This uh-huh. is very true. So, Midnight Express was my number two. And what a movie it Over is! To you. My worst. My worst. I'm. I feel a bit like I'm betraying myself with my worst because I get a lot of fun out of this movie. Do you want me to give you my one? I, I could spin the, I could spin it, and if I give you my, I, I know it's breaking the rules. You can go with it, but I know you'll sign on to the one that I'm going to go for. Please, but, so it's up to you. I'm, I'm going to give you a bailout card. Go. Right. This is, and I know you're going to agree straight away. Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell get hard. Go oh, fuck off. <laughs> there you go. I've helped you out. Yeah, yeah. I helped you out. Fuck that. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. But fuck that. But you, you, it, it, it just spells something that we wouldn't appreciate. I remember actually trying to see what it's about because I didn't know too much about Kevin Hart. At the time, I saw him as a stand-up comedian, which worked. And this was as part of a Def Jam thing, not the whole Kevin Hart stand-up comedies. To this day, I haven't seen those. And very much like Martin Lawrence, a bit of a sideman character. All of this Kevin Hart hype train I've never been on. Will Ferrell, if you, it's just not our guy. So I, I just tried to do this one. And you know the story, right? Do you remember it at all? He, Will Ferrell's meant to be this senator or, you know, he's someone high up who's been convicted for going into prison. So he's got 30 days to get ready for prison. And what he's now done is in order to be ready for prison, he's got Kevin Hart training him to be, you know, prison ready. So, you know, short black man who's, I've done time. I can't remember what he's done time for. So it's whole, the whole training of, I think they do like a kind of house rest of Kevin Hart now training him to be ready for prison. Bullshit. Absolute. Wankstein bullshit. Nope, not for me. I'll take a pass on that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. My worst main machine. Oh, bro, do you know what? At one point, it was like my number 10. Now, you've got V for Victory, you've got your longest yards in two different formats. I had a lot of fun with Mean Machine. It would be worse by subjection if, but you know what? I think this is one of those with Mean Machine. The, the amount of fun I've had with Mean Machine, and this is when I used to like Danny Dyer. I would have sooner said I don't have. I've always thought he's a little twat. I, I, I have this argument at the moment with the missus over Danny Dyer and EastEnders because she's like, I think it's good acting. Now. He's acting as someone with depression. He, he's got this moody, brooding character look where he's always in his straitjacket and he's always just looking down at the ground. But he's also trying to talk like a hard nut the whole time. And it just doesn't do it for me. Like, he's actually got to a point. 
I used to find him comedic. He was the comedic Dyer hard man. That, I'm sorry, man. I can't even listen to this. Danny Dyer is the hard man. What Tim Westwood is to black people. All right. But bro, like, yeah, I mean, listen. This is what it was. I saw him as the comedic hard man. He spoke the thing, and Mean Machine showed you exactly who he is. That's the role he's always meant to be. More and more, I saw other stuff yeah, where I saw that. that. Yeah, he's meant yeah, to be. When I player. saw later on. Yeah, when I saw later on that he actually believes in that lifestyle, I, it, it actually killed it for me. I was like, you didn't, did you? And it's actually killed most of the films that he's done. Whereas Mean Machine took it for the, I don't believe in you, let's move on. That's exactly who he is. That's what, you know, and that's where I saw the banter in it. When I realised he tries to live that life or play that in the characters that I'm meant to take you seriously, it just doesn't work. Doesn't work. He, I mean, look, Mean Machine, it's... It's a stupid film. I mean, a footballer who gets, you know, arrested for drink driving ends up in prison and you've got you've got other relatively known actors in there. Jason Statham, I think, is probably the biggest star amongst them. Um, the crazy Scottish <laughs> goalkeeper in it. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's so dumb. It's like the prisoners versus... The is it McConnell in it? I no. can't remember. No. It's not, no. Yeah, the prisoners play a football match against the guards, and it's like, but what are they winning? They're winning bragging rights. It's like, woo fucking hoo hoo. Bro, it, it, Stephen DeKnight. Stephen DeKnight actually quoted Longest Yard, which is essentially the origins of all of this. Like, it's crazy stupid, but it's fun at the same time. Like, it is, it is that that that's all this film is ever going to be. Mm. Just crazy fun. There's nothing more to it. It's stupid fun. Which is why I said it's a bit. I've got a soft spot for it. It's, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a weird choice on my part. But I couldn't think of another worse prison movie. I, I have fun with Mean Machine, but it, it's yeah. dumb. Yeah. Well, that's why I gave you Get Hard. I thought I'd just give it to you. Isn't it? Get <laughs> Go hard. to Card. Yeah. It, 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 now, it, it, it gives it gives Mean Machine a pass. Mm. Right. My <laughs> number one. If you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, even if the Shawshank was on, this would still be my number one. Um, my favorite film of all time, The Green Mile. I get it. I have a beef with Green Mile for the 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 supernatural side to it, and it's weird at the level of supernatural because when I found out he can cure, I bought into that when he first grabs hold of Tom Hanks and cures him of this prostate cancer or whatever it is that he had going on. Goldstone. What? Kidneys. Is it called? Why did I think it was uh, cancer? Goldstone. But yeah. It's like, this is what he does. And I'm like, wow, there's something about this guy. But it, it kind of had this level of mystique of did he cure him? Like, it, you know he did, but he didn't. It's when I continuously see this element of him spewing out these flies and it just got to this crazy supernatural thing that essentially a film of that nature didn't need. If you took it on a grounded level without going supernatural, I, 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 I would have appreciated the film a lot more, which is why... Okay, let me, let me ask you this. If you don't go supernatural, how do the cures happen? How do they end up taking him out of prison with the purpose of curing the war? But I get wife? that. I get that. How yeah, do you I have get the those emotional ones. resonance at the end where he's got to realize that he's essentially, because of the fact that he places duty over social believability, which is a fucking brilliant conundrum. Duty I get it. I get it. Over social believability takes precedence. And by going down that route, he has to not only kill 
a miracle or God's creation, however you want to see it. Because ultimately, if you want to go down the religious route, we're all God's creation. So I lean more towards now the fact that John Coffey's a miracle, you know, and now his punishment for that is having to live an extended life knowing that he's killed a miracle. It is fucking gut-wrenching. And without the supernatural, you can't get that it, it, It's gone. I appreciate that and I get that. But because it lost me by that point, I get the punishment and pain he goes through, but it doesn't... It, it didn't resonate so much because it, it became a different story to what I initially started watching of this... How can I say it? this gentle giant who was wrongly convicted? Being a bit of a Star Wars fan here, it's like I, I, you're refusing to appreciate the movie that was delivered to you versus what you're expecting the movie. To I get. Listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. But that 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 just resonates to me in a way I just can't unsee it. I love the film and the story, but it just something you know. For God's sake, if I hated the film and it wasn't through sympathy for you, it wouldn't be where it is on my list. No, no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it is my number three. I appreciate the. The, the, the magic of that film, but it's just... But do you appreciate what I'm telling you? That if you take out... Bro, the I get it. Beef the I get it. Part. I get it. I get it. I get it. But as I said, it's just a spear in more than anything. Even if I heard he could cure, but that part where I saw him like always expelling it, I was just like, I don't need to see... It, it, it just wound me up to a degree that I can't unsee. It, it sounds very trivial, but it, it just... I think there was another way we could see it, that he went through this pain. But it, it just got... As much as he's a... And it's not that I'm a spiritualist in the fact that I, I believe in a miracle cure man, right? But that part of it, just each time he was there and then he'd just start, fall to his knees, open his mouth and this crap came spewing out. It just, that visual part just done me in. Yeah, I'll give you that. Visual, that, that, if I could pull apart the movie objectively, which is very hard considering it's my favourite film, but yeah, the flies thing is, it's an, it might I get the analogy. It, yeah. yeah, we all know what it is. It's him essentially spewing out that that's his way of spewing out the toxicity that he's helped to cure. He can't keep it within himself, right? That's that's how that's the shape which this miracle has manifested itself. It's a strange creative choice to have what looks like essentially flies. I'm with you on that. But I think it's asking you to look beyond just it, it should be I agree. I agree, and it should do that, but it just it, it it does it just I can't look beyond it. As much as I should be able to, I just can't. I get it. And I, I, as I said, the challenge I put to you then is how else would you have done it? I don't know. This is I, right. even while we were talking about it, I'm like I don't actually have a, a, a proper solution behind it. You know, it's not that I want to see him do a Kamehameha to release it. It would also be equally stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I said that for comedic value. But like, you know, I don't know what I want from it. I don't know how I would ask for it to be expelled. I don't. I'm not saying it had to be contained. Uh, you know, I don't know what it means. Even if, even if, he, even if he fainted, even if it fainted, and that we realise that it takes that kind of energy, and he comes back out. You know, you, you near enough pronounce him dead. I don't know, but that what I saw just didn't, just didn't do it for me. Hmm. You know, if each time he cured, it just took out his very life being, but he comes back like you know, give him half an hour. Kind of, I, I sounds stupid, but, you know, kind of like your Luke Cage or something. Like, he, you know, when they reduced him up and boom, he's back in. I don't know what I'm looking for, but it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Fair it enough. just it's, didn't. It's a hard, but that's, that's, I think, the difficulty of the Green Mile is that, you know, you had to have that element because it's essentially based on Stephen King's book. The, 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 the story is there. So it's the story very hard there. to put something like that to screen. 
Ironically, yeah. Frank Darabont, who directed this, is also the director of the Shawshank Redemption. So this, yeah, I know, I know. This is the thing, and this is why I always. So, for for when we talked about the the deal, I actually, from knowledge, as much as a lot of people say Shawshank is their their go their their number one, their greatest of all time, I always thought Green Mile was the second when it comes. For people's choices, but also in terms of prison movies, if it's not you, to me it's weird. But you're either Team Greenwald or Team Shawshank. You know, it it, it has it levels of greatness. So I I kind of felt like it was going to be wavered. However, no, not the screeners have proven me wrong. I, like I, I I'm shocked that it wasn't brought up as much. So the deal was, if it gets put no, up no, a lot, it, it would have been across yeah. nearly 400 tweets. It did come up quite a few times, but in the top, no. Okay, because if it was like the most consistent name. Our title would have been excluding Green Mile and Shawshank, Shawshank and Green Mile. However, it's yeah. just excluding just Shawshank. So, yeah. Yeah. this is that. Okay. Um, I'd also like I'd also like to make special note I uh, because if this man is ever in a movie and he I, he never gets enough love, so I mention him every time I get the chance. Sam Rockwell playing the villain. Oh my fucking god, he's good. God damn it, he's good. All kinds of nasty. All kinds of nasty. That man. And- who wrong he is ridiculous and michael clark duncan like daily departed i can't ever leave that off either you know it's... yeah yeah but no awesome cho- I, I i would never fault the green mile short of my my vi- the visuals that bug me you know your creative decision problem yeah, yeah. I get it. It, for yeah. a lot of people that often is the beef is that why flies it's like it's a very good question but how else <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's usually where people are like, oh, actually, I don't know. It's, like, it's hard, right? What does he do? Does he spew out oil? Is it like a fucking dust cloud? Does he fucking glow? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I, bro, I get it. I get it. I, I honestly get it. Right. <laughs> My number I, one. I always saw, sorry, I'm just gonna not yeah, even alone. Okay. I always saw the flies as a bit. The same way that he's a miracle, the antithesis of that, I would also imagine, you know, like a, almost like a plague. So it's kind of like he's getting rid of the plague. I get that. I get that. I, I, I kind of saw that as well. It just it just bugged me. It just bugged the hell out of me. I can't. I know, it feels weird saying bugs to fly. I know. <laughs> it, it irked me. Like, yeah, it, it just didn't work. It didn't work for me. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, your number one is my number two. And I'm so happy you've seen this. It's really weird because when I've done this search, now I, I have to give credit where it's due. Like, we've through all of these stuff. Name. I pray for it. It's coming. Okay. Mid- okay Midnight okay. Express is a film. Midnight Express is a film that you mentioned prior in in podcast. And A Prayer for Before Dawn has also been mentioned prior. Um, you know, I, I, I acknowledge these things and the, the time comes around. So even before you told me, like, when we were playing Fallout over PSN, yes, guys, we play PSN, <laughs> PlayStation, and we play Fall Guys. But, like, even before that happened, it was on my list because I went for it. And it's really funny because, as I said, Joe Cole was not only my number 10, he's my number one. And I am talking a prayer before dawn. It, 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 I just thought, I'm like, this guy's doing prison movies. And the more I read it, I was like, Nick told me about this film. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I know about this. And I had to do it. Now, the reason this film became my number one is because no other film, and this includes um, Midnight Express, showed grit as much as this film the grittiness the and it's a visual if you want to say Tony Scott it's a, it's a, it's a grit that i appreciate in film to make me buy into it it's raw it's raw as you just see him like in a fight smoking a bit of what is it he's smoking 
meth. And, you know, he, he smokes that, then the arrest out of nowhere, the, the, and they're saying stuff, and he's like, I don't know what you're saying. I, you know, he's living a life out there, but he doesn't know what it's about. Then he's in this prison that is just raw as hell. And again, he, the, the feeling, and I, I got this a lot more in A Prayer Before Dawn, The Midnight Express, where he's being told to do stuff, and the only way he's understanding is by looking at everyone around him. The way he's signaled by the police to, like, hold up the sign and this, that, and the other. The, the, the corruption of the police that, at the point of taking his picture, he's being snuck heroin, you know, all of oh, this stuff, real, it was just... I, 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 listen, I don't doubt it. Then when it came to solitary, now, even when I talk of Papillon, and you see the solitary confinement, which I thought was weird, because they had, like, a grated top, then you realise that that's... I didn't mention this, actually, earlier. That's used as punishment, that if you don't get the info you want, or if the person's really taking the piss, they black it out completely. So it's, you now live in a world of darkness. In, in That was really tough to see. But this one was essentially solitary confinement in, like, a fucking dog kennel. Like, all of this stuff just hit home in such a way that I was like, rah. Like, it, 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 the visuals, the story is tough. Don't get me wrong, but the way it is shot really immerses you into this film. Like, none of these other prison movies were able to do for me. And that, that is well. How about that rape scene, huh? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, all of these stuff, all of it. You know, it, it 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 hits you in such a way. It it brings you in. It it it's so graphic. It it hits home. You can't you, you can't not imagine it. You you have to feel when you see this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite close to home for me, as you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let me ask you something, actually, because. I obviously speak Thai fluently, so all of the stuff that wasn't subtitled, I was understanding, which for me made it even more like, holy shit, <laughs> like the, the nasty shit they were saying to each other was vile. As someone who doesn't speak Thai, how did this, the parts which you didn't understand, how did they resonate with you? Well, bro, this is what I'm saying about the uncomfortability, because you, you, you're just in this thing of just seeing and hearing it, but you're in a world that you can't, as I said, you can't help but feel like... Uh, yeah, you know, as I talked about it, Women Express banged up abroad. That that level of not knowing what's going on, and there's this banter and this elevation. You know, even sometimes I say it again with like the Nigerians, like you can hear stuff. You don't know if they're arguing or laughing. Yeah, it, it's that way. There's this uncomfortability that it seems very tense, but then there's a laughter that comes behind it. You're just you're so alienated in this world that you don't know how to take it. It creates an another level of unease. In, in tension that tension level due to unease of just not knowing is he talking about me are they arguing about themselves are they going to defend me do they want to shank me like even down to the point that they found out he's a fighter like even before the rape the way they toyed with him on that like he does a press up and the guy sucks the, the, the thing into his ass and it's like he jumps up and they're all on him and it's like you don't know what the hell's going on there's this talk like right after that he goes off into a corner and it's like, don't lay there, lay there. Then it's like one minute, because literally the line just before they told him to go away was fuck off. Like, all right, fuck you guys. He goes over there. He's pulled over. He stands up. Then they're bringing him over to smoke some more meth. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. What, what, what is actually going on here? That unease of you don't even know who's friend, foe, enemy, even the, the um, transsexual. It's like, yeah, I'm Tiffany. I'm your friend now. And it's like, does that pay off does it not pay off where does it go like all of it you just don't know who to trust 
And uh, do, do you feel this is a normal prison? Yeah. <laughs> can, can I, bro? Can I tell you, having lived in that part of the world for a very long time, the the Thai people are, for most part, wonderful. But I had the unfortunate experience of coming across some who are not so savory who are who are more in line with some some stuff that you've seen in this movie bro the, the, i have i don't think i've ever seen a movie this real like this fucking organic. this is this is why it hit me this is why it, it just became a number one seeing, what you are seeing there is not a single thing that is like over the top or exaggerated i believe that. that that real the way that and not, I'm, I'm not labeling all Thai people like this. Some of my closest friends are Thai people. You know, I, I spent 10 years of my life living in that part of the world. But without going into detail, I did come across some really unsavory people. And they, they behave like that. It, it, yeah. it, was real. it was real. And they do fuck with you that way, whether you don't know whether they're friend or enemy, and they leave you kind of in the void. But, bro, it, the part why I went, oh, this movie's not fucking around was when they were interviewing him, like when he first entered the prison cell and they were like, name. And he's like, Billy, what name? Billy, what? Billy, what? He's like, more. And he says, more. I've been more. And it's like, I understand what that means. It's like, oh, because more, more in Thai means doctor. Okay. That's what it means. So what, the, what that Thai leader in the prison was actually saying was more. Oh, doctor. <laughs> Let's see if we can open him up like a doctor. And it was like, oh god. Oh, you see what I'm saying? This is it. Yeah. And they didn't subtitle that. I really, yeah. I was like, my god, this, this, for both people who do and don't speak, is going to be fascinating. Because I understood that, and I was like, that is horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. And yeah. you see in the following scene that they are capable of nastiness, which yeah. adds fucking level of we're going to open him up like a doctor um but then the fact that from your perspective you didn't understand that but you knew that what they said was like that was bad I but it was weird because i was i was in that way and then after they started making a joke about him like going yeah. like sucking cock and that i was like did, so did i misunderstand what they said were they actually talking english and i was like no it wasn't english like it it, it really played with me so like yeah 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 the Thais love to play word games. It's intrinsic. The same way that the British love sarcasm in their comedy, the Thais love a word game. And, and and that's something that they're really, really good at, actually. Like, they play on word games because their whole language is based off of tonal intonations. And, you know, one letter changes can mean something completely different. And what they did there, and that's when you were talking about the dick sunking, is the, uh, the slang word, not for penis, but to actually say dick or cock is da, right? Okay. So or to door and it was like it's like they're basically they, they flipped it in the space of a minute going we'll open him up like a doctor or maybe we could get him to suck our dicks it was like fuck <laughs> fuck jesus christ fun fact actually i met the real billy moore really mm. well here and everything he still hangs yeah. around the um he still comes and hangs around some of the Muay Thai camps now and then. I've met him in person. He's he's. Wow. I, I I'll be real. I knew of the name. I, at, at the time, a prayer before dawn hadn't been released, so I didn't know of the severity of what he'd been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's known within the Muay Thai community, and he's respected because of what he's been through. 
Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I saw this white guy arrive at the gym one day and all the ties were just like moth to a flame around him. I was like, oh, so he's obviously quite a big deal. And then my trainer explained like who he was, what he'd been through. And I was like, I just went up and said, man, shake your hand. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect for having survived that and all that. But yeah, man, he's, it's a harrowing fucking movie, A Prayer Before Dawn. It does not hold punches. It just doesn't. No, no. It, it was serious. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. Immersive. Terrible marketing Immersive. campaign behind it, though. I can't say I've heard of it. Like, short of you telling me, I can't... Not terrible in the sense of its scale, because it's an indie movie. It's a fucking, you know, by proxy, it's almost a Thai indie movie at that. You know, there's only yeah. one white yeah, actor yeah. in it. So it's not going to be widely spread. You're not going to see an Avengers-level marketing campaign behind a movie like this. No, I mean, if you go and Google the trailer, you can do it now, you can do it after, but Google uh, YouTube the trailer for Prayer Before Dawn. The trailer does not show you what you're in for in this movie. Interesting. It underplays it so much. It's like, no, 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 no. Can we up the tension, please, here? The trailer actually is almost a disservice to the movie. And it's like, there's so much more going on to this movie than just what the trailer's showing. It's you like... see, you see, but part of me thinks that is like the essence of a real trailer. Trailer's meant to give you something, and then the big reveal of, my God, like, the story but should it capture you. Give you anything. It doesn't give you anything, the trailer. It gives you nothing. It looks like it makes the movie look like a throwaway run of the mill prison movie. And it's like, it is anything but that. There is nothing run of the mill about a prayer before dawn. Oh, no, there isn't. There isn't. As I said, no, no, none of them. And I, you know, I banged out a few films in the past few days because we realized what was coming out and what have you. And it, it just didn't. None, none touched as deep. Like even, even like my brother was like, "Oh, check out Offender," and I watched it. And it started. I was like, "I don't know if this is for me." I literally said it. Then I realized the story. They took me in. But when you come into Prefer before the like, it, 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 as it starts, you feel it. You feel it as it starts. Man. And when it, the police like knock down his door, you're just like, "Oh, yeah, oh no, oh shit. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah." It's oh no, yeah. No. Yeah, so that's 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 the one. Okay, um, uh, we can't read out the tweets as we said. Two hundred and something—that's a separate episode in itself. Nearly four hundred, nearly four hundred, mate. There we go. Contenders, like top contenders, that came out there from what you saw. So, Cool Hand Luke was the second movie that came up the most, which wasn't on there. Really so wish I, I saw that. I've seen really it once, loved it. Don't have enough memory of it to go to to wax lyrical about it. Escape from Alcatraz was the top choice. That has to go on there. Okay. Um, and then was, you know, sometimes I hesitate when we say this, right? Because it's like, sometimes it's for the all-time battle, but then I, I, I go back to the days before we tw- tweeted these stuff, and it was like, we knew how to make a rifle. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's like... That, again, I take it from the level of you as your number six. Yeah. That's what I'm weighing it up. For me who hasn't seen it, it could have been a lot higher. Six isn't bad. And don't get me wrong, sometimes my number eight has gone in. I'm not saying no. But I'm like, when you look at it and we look at our shared top four or five, there was a commonality of the films that essentially are representative of what we're putting out. So I'm like, should it go in there is a question. Escape from Alcatraz needs to go in there. I'll tell you another movie after Cool Hand Luke that came up a fuck ton, which I haven't seen. Is a film called Brubaker. Can't say I've heard of it. No. 
Oh, me. Like, Twitter edited me here, but this film came up so much. Brew Baker. Um, can I... Brew Baker, yeah. Can I make a suggestion here on how to make this... Ri- Papillon came up quite a bit, to be fair. Yeah, okay. Papillon came up quite a bit. I would love to put a prayer before dawn in there, but I don't think it would stand a fucking hope. That's that's my only beef with it. I love that film, but I don't think it would... It would, bro, it would get destroyed. I get that. I get that. I'm guessing the lack of response in it as well also kind of... Well, of 400 fucking tweets, not a single person brought it up. It didn't come up once. That says it all. So, so, so hit me with the suggestion, then. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by the suggestion. So, toss up between one of the Steve McQueen films. I think either The Great Escape or Papillon should go on there. Um, Green Mile kind of needs to go on there because it did, it did come up. Um, and then I guess I'm kind of leaning Midnight Express. You see, I'm going to have to ask you a question because if we are playing it in in this level, please. How much did The Great Escape actually come up? Because I had more fun with The Great Escape. Not that you should say you had fun with a movie like that, but. <laughs> Um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, difficult to say. Uh, it, it did get mentioned. I, I My gut instinct is that Papillon came up more than The Great Escape. Well, let's go with it then. I, I, I mean, it's on the list. I didn't hate the film. It's just a lot to take in. But if people appreciate it, and I've always said this about me when it comes to cinema, my, my, my view on cinema, as much as I'm here weekly doing this stuff, guys, can be very different from others. That are, even down to what we just talked about on Green Mile. Like, mm-hmm. the way I read stuff can be different. And it's a film I did say I need to watch again. And I feel the age didn't show the grip that it could have shown. And I feel that's going to be in the new one. But I don't feel the new one can hold a candle to the old one based on the actors. It's weird, but it's true. So it's a weird amalgamation there. So, okay, let's go with Papu. Green Mile? Yeah. Well, this was the thing. I I, I expected this to be in there. And Midnight midnight needs to be in there. It can't not be in there. And Midnight did come up. Not as much as I would have liked, but it came up. Whereas A Prayer Before Dawn did not. Okay, I'm cool with that. You cool with this? I'm cool with that, yeah. Nice list, actually. Cool. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of prison movies, excluding The Shawshank Redemption, in no particular order, is... Escape from Alcatraz. Our second entry is... Papillon. Our third entry is... The Green Mile. Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of prison movies, excluding the Shawshank Redemption, is... Midnight Express. Now, guys, okay, that was a. I mean, it's tough, and we, you know, we kind of leaned, but they are all awesome films. I I actually highly recommend that. What we are saying now is, why do we keep bringing up Twitter and the votes? Because us, the Silver Screen dudes, had the ultimate challenge of picking the top four musty prison films. It's now down to you because this goes deeper. 
Just like Highlander, there can only be one. So it's over to you to vote for which is that number one. So all you have to do is head on over to at Movie Polls for you or at Movie MT Rushmore on Twitter and cast your vote. You only get one vote because... You only get one vote because... It's a retweet. So it's not that you can head over to Movie MT Rushmore, then you can head on over to at Movie Polls for you. It's one vote, one vote only. So head on over there and you will get to choose between Escape from Alcatraz, Papillon, Green Mile, and Midnight Express. Now, last week our topic was... Last week our topic was the top female actors. And our contenders were... Our contenders were Frances McDormand, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, and Charlie's Theron. Now come to guessing game, guys. I do not look at our Twitter. Wait, 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 wait. We had 441 votes. So quite okay. a good number. A uh, few comments, which I'll read out now. It's Jackie at underscore St. Jackie said, Meryl isn't the same as she was before. She was an acting monster. But today, every time she's nominated, I think it's just because of her name and not for what she actually does. Today, she's overrated. Now, I would not use the word overrated when it comes to Meryl. However, I do give some stock to what has just been tweeted. The last few times Meryl has been nominated, I would tend to agree. I'm like, mm, not sure about that one. So, uh, yeah, with that. Paulie Pockets at Paul Don. Uh, always get the Twitter handle. Paulie Pockets at Paul Don 09592081 answered this actually and said concur 100%. Meryl is great, but her nominations these days seem to be by default rather than merit. Hard-pressed to name a street movie in the last 10 years, where she has turned in a performance equal to those of McDormand, Theron, and many others. I, I will listen to that noise. Pete Davies at Dumble... At Dum... <laughs> sorry. Dumdy Dum Dum. I would... Have loved to see Glenn Close on this list. I think she's the most talented actress working today. Eh, love for Glenn Close. Andy Hart at Fandango Groover. What up, Andy? Put all excellent. Impossible to pick the best, so I voted Theron as the most underrated. Yep. Yeah, argument to be made for that. Paul Sekulich at P. Sekulich. Put, they're all good, but in my opinion, McDormand is the best. More consistent than all the others. Mark Fridlington at Mark Fridlington put recently I watched Bombshell and Charlize Theron was superb. Aeon Flux wasn't a great film in general, but she eventually (laughs) got another action lead in the highly watchable Atomic Blondes to prove she can now switch between action comedy, A Million Ways to Die in the West, and drama. Chris Trengrove at Chris Trengrove. This is going to be interesting. (laughs) You know you guys should have included Viola Davis, right? To which I answered, she was mentioned in the pod. Chris at Chris double six double one nine two three four. Put Julianne Moore question mark should be on that list ahead of at least two of them. Uh, to which I answered, Julianne Moore is criminally underrated, but on a Rushmore, not so sure. Uh, Jamie B at what's your Twitter handle? Jamie B at Honest J seventy four. Put, how is Charlie Theron on this list? Uh, to which I said, because she's one of the finest actresses working today. To which he gave me the whole eye emoji, as if to say triggered. It's like, 
well, you asked me a question, man. I'm just answering. <laughs> uh, Hector at Naked Lunch 31. Four great actresses. Frances McDormand, my favorite. Dom Holder at... Where's your Twitter handle, Dom? At Dom Holder. Should have guessed that one. I voted Meryl, but you didn't include my personal favorite, which was Jodie Foster. Jodie is a great shout. Yeah, no, Jodie, yeah, yeah, definitely. Jody was. I think Foster. top four on my list, like, you can't yeah. deny who Jodie Foster is, yeah. Jody. Michael Brooke at mbrooke underscore brooke with an E. Frances McDormand, she is great in everything. I have seen her in, period. I agree. Uh, Sidhart Nagar put Jodie Foster, to which I answered, nearly made the final four, but just missed out. Listen to the podcast to see why. Zach Codso at Zach Codso put, I find Blanchett to be the most versatile, so she's my pick. Obviously, they're all amazing. March Brothers Films Inc. at March Brothers Films put Blanchett out of this list, though Jodie Foster tops anyone on the list. Mad love Foster. Um, Schrodinger's Cadge at Donker Wood. Frances McDormand and Olive Kitteridge made me feel more sympathetic towards one particular aunt on how bitter and difficult people may have so many unexpected lairs. Darren, 71. I know this isn't helping you at all, is it, mate? Fuck no. <laughs> Darren, 71. But the fact that Viola Davis or literally any of her, the amazing work, uh, work working uh, right now aren't included. And I put, listen to the podcast, Viola Davis was included. Um, Richard Murphy at Rich M. 8150. Personal choice would be Emily Blunt, followed by Amy Adams. Of the choice, I'd say Kate Blanchett. Uh, now, then we have got... Come on. Can't read that font, I'm afraid, but at Acris66 put McDormand. Farrier at Farrier the First put Francis McDormand. And then Raul de Jesus do... Do women actors of color qualify? And I said, naturally, listen to the podcast. There were a few who were mentioned. Viola Davis, Lupita Nyong'o. Can I just ask a question? Mm. Is that a person of color who actually asked that question? Let me have a look at there. I can't tell. It It looks like no. Okay. All right, not that it matters. It's just, yeah, I, I, I... as a, dare I call it, person of colour, a black person, I sometimes get triggered by these kind of questions because it's either, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. It triggers me at times. Yeah. But it's also one of those, listen to the podcast before you pass judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I get that as well. Have come up. Give Viola Davis another few years and I'm sure she'll be in this conversation. Based on the amount of work she's done so far, she's amazing. She hasn't done enough. <sighs> That will change. I have no doubt. No, I, listen, I get it. I get it. But I mean, okay, maybe Ferron and Blanchett doesn't have the length of Streep and McDormand, but it's like... Blanchett? <sighs> anyway, anyway. Oh, huh? Blanchett definitely does. I'm, no, I'm just going to think it back in years, but yeah, she does. It, it does go back. Anyway, I just... You know, like, what I hate with this... Anyway, I, no, please just continue reading because I'm just going to get on this defensive no, we're done. We're done. We're done. That yeah, like, it, you just get these times where and I, I, I say this, like, you know... <laughs> We have to recognise now. I, I have to pre I preface the results before I get into this, but it's uh, pre um, post mentioned as well, considering the situation. You have to appreciate the Hollywood system in itself. 
when we look at this situation. Not only, like, when you look at it, we talked about how criminally underrated women have been. It gets into an even deeper level when you start to look at black women, or even Indian women, for instance. Like, there are some Indian women who are actually in Hollywood. Yeah. woman I can think of working nowadays is Aquafina. And before that, like Lucy Liu, like we, we can only mention one at a time. And then when you look at the, some of the rules, like don't get me wrong, did Tajari P. Henson not cross my list or Octavia Spencer? But then you look at the roles that they've been put in and you have to, you look at like the standout roles. Like for instance, Hidden Figures, all kinds of awesome. But then you look at other roles like Ma, where it, it's just very irritating because it's that tokenism of black, like that freaky black woman. Like you have to appreciate the way it's being portrayed for it to be in there. Would I have loved to have put a whole load in there? Like, for the longest while, Whoopi Goldberg was the only definition of a black actress or freaking Queen Latifah. Like, let, let's bring this in, people, sometimes, for to be like, oh, they don't know how to represent. I appreciate you said go back, but you see when I get into the triggered. Like, it's not that we don't want to, but there's a bigger system beyond, oh, does it count? Like, yeah. Sorry. Fair play. Yeah. You know, I I, it, I think it bugs me because I kind of wanted to say it last week and I thought I don't always want to play the race card. But when those kind of questions come out, it's like, well, all right, go on. Break down the system. When was the last time that we had it? Like you could say the Meryl Streep movie, the Julia Roberts movie. Where was it for us to say the Octavia Spencer movie? Yeah, It's not branded that way. So when we're saying all time breaks, we know what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm back in my box. Um, so I'm going to really help you out here, even more so than the comments. There's no fourth position. There's a third, a joint second, and a first. And separating the third all the way to the first is 2%. Okay, I'm going to go. It's joint second, you said. There's a joint second, so who's third? It's going to sound weird just because of the backlash. I'm going to go Streep. For the longest time, Streep was last. But no, it's not Streep. McDormand. Uh, no. Theron. Theron, yeah. Yeah, okay. So then Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett and Francis McDormand are both second? Uh, yeah, 25%. And yeah, and then Meryl Streep being Meryl Streep, because it, again, even if you, you, you could look at the noise of the whole situation we just went through, but people will recognise the name and the powerhouse, and essentially you just look at the yeah you look at you look at the category of work, and that's where it goes. So I, I yeah yeah I get it I I get it in all kind of ways and fashions. Okay, yeah okay guys. So there you are. That is the one. So that is it. Congratulations to Meryl Streep, and look out for more Meryl Streep from the Silver Screen dudes in the future. Hint hint wink wink nudge nudge. But aside from that. Once again, please head on over to at Movie Pulse for you. At Movie Pulse for you and at Movie MT Rushmore, where you will get the chance to be able to vote for the greatest prison movie of all times. Once again, Escape from Alcatraz, Papillon, The Green Mile, and Midnight Express. Head on over there. You've got how many days, Nico? Because I know it happened to me the one time I was going to vote because I wanted to really prove a point. It didn't happen. It happens from now, Sunday, up until. What do you want about? To vote on Instagram, like on like, for Instagram. Yeah, like if you turn up on Thursday, you're too late. It will be up uh, today, and it will be uh, available for the next three days. 
Right, there we go. That's the one. Right, so that's the one. And shout out to JT once again for a movie poll for you. So, guys, it's been absolutely amazing when it comes to the silver screen dudes and the movie Mount Rushmore. We do enjoy talking film. So, do head on over to the newly created or recreated the rebirth on Instagram at the silver screen dudes at silver screen dudes on Facebook and at movie empty Rushmore on Twitter. Again, you do plug that one because that's where you can put your vote. But in all of those cases, do interact with us to talk all things film. However, that is not all that the silver screen dudes talk about. Nico, what else are the silver screen dudes up to please, sir? The Silver Screen Dudes also host the Ministry of Wrestling podcast. This is our weekly wrestling show available every single Saturday on the same podcast platforms that the movie Mount Rushmore is on. And you can find everything that the Silver Screen Dudes are doing at www.silverscreendudes.com. But if you want to tune into the Ministry of Wrestling, you can find on that on the socials at Ministry of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and MW News on Twitter that's the one okay guys it's been a real pleasure so until next week i have been the one aj anthony jordan i'm nicole shout out to our many comments i knew it was coming i paused it didn't come and it happened all right see ya